Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bowl. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me today. We're without Cole, but it's going to be a great episode anyway. We are here to bring you the start of the sports takes. Today, we have an NFL-packed episode. There's been a lot of things that have happened through three weeks. There's been some bubbles bursted. There's been some teams that look really legit. And then there's been some players who we thought were going to be really good and have struggled so far. So we're three weeks fully underway. Fantasy football season is all the way here. You're either 0-3, 2-1, 1-2, or 3-0. Now, I don't know about many of you, but I can't relate to the 3-0 too much out there so far with as wild as the season as it's been. We're also going to talk about some historic MLB stuff, and you know Kyler's going to talk about the UFC. Remember to stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Burst Bubble. We are available everywhere you can get your podcast. Remember to rate, review, share it with your friends, your family, the woman at Starbucks, the guy at McDonald's. Share it with whoever you're talking playing fantasy football with. You know, we want to be able to help everyone with those trips, tick, trips, ticks, whoa, tips, tricks, and everything that you need for fantasy football. We will get those to you here on this show. Thank you all so much for listening. But remember, no hard feelings because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. BYB is back after our two-week bye, and not to get ahead of myself, but I feel like I'm already in mid-season form, especially the way I have been absolutely stealing money from these sports books. Now the man to my left, joined today by my co-host Josh Owen, as always, who so far this season has donated a lot of money to the sports books. But Josh, that just means you're due. So uh, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing well, Kyler. You know, actually, my overall record... Uh, I w- is definitely a losing one, but I'm actually up money uh, in the sports book. So if you've taken every underdog money line underdog through the year, every if you put a unit the same amount ten dollars on every one, you put a unit, you're up six and a half units. Although your record is twenty and twenty five, hungry dog runs faster. So you got to put the put the money on the dog, and let the big dog eat. Yeah, hungry dog run, does run faster. And uh, Josh did mention, you know, with this is you know coming off a two week bye for us, um, and this is you know our bye week for the season. So uh, this is our promise, a little peek behind the curtain here. We will be putting out two episodes a week, every single week, whether it's me and Josh, whether it's me and Cole, whether Shane has to step in, whether it's Jared, you know, all of the friends of the BYB family. We're gonna get you two episodes a week for sure from here on out throughout the season. But Josh, we've got some headlines to talk about before we dive into the NFL slate. So let's get right to it. The UFC Apex. I know you don't care about the UFC. The UFC Apex, it's where they held all the events in Las Vegas when they couldn't have fans. You know, it was real intimate uh, setting. Just a few fans have been allowed there over the past few months. This weekend, it's completely rented out. There are no fans being allowed, no media allowed in the Apex this weekend. Rumors are... The Apex has been bought out by Mark Zuckerberg this weekend for a private party. He could be testing some sort of VR, could be just literally a private party, which would be the most baller move of all time to just rent out an entire stadium for your friends to watch a UFC event. We know he's a huge UFC fan. Josh, what's your take on this? How do I get a ticket? That's what I want to know. How do I get on Mark Zuckerberg's private party list? (laughs) Yeah, ask your boss. He might, he might have a, he might have a buy in. I mean, my thought is that he, yeah, my thought is that he probably is actually going to rent it out for a private party. Because what, I mean, what would he need a stadium for that he couldn't do wherever the hell he's at most of the time? 
it's it is interesting. I mean, and like I brought up, you know, the the possibility of them trying out, you know, virtual reality type of thing where, you know, because the Apex, it's not really it's become a sort of a a crowd least favorite um, venue just because, you know, there's no atmosphere. There's no, there's no loud fans. It's, it's just kind of dreary there. Um, but if, if they were able to turn that into a VR experience where people could, you know, get inside a metaverse in their, in their Oculus and, you know, be inside the apex, that'd be pretty cool. But uh, Dana did come out last night and say that's total bullshit. So um, Mark Zuckerberg, which part? That Mark Zuckerberg didn't rent it out. Yeah. He said that's total bullshit, but, one of the fighters came out earlier that day and said, oh, no, it's Mark Zuckerberg that rented it out. He's going to be here. So, I mean, you can never believe it. It's kind of like, you know, coaches lie, Dana lies. It's kind of the same thing. Hmm. Well, I will be checking Twitter almost all. When does he have it rented out for? Saturday? Saturday, yep. Okay, well, I'll be checking all day Saturday to see what we can find out from Mark Zuckerberg. I've got a headline for you. Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook are best friends. What, what's your thought there? They both come out and said that they yeah. are best friends. They get along great. Now Russ is, you know, he might not even be starting. He's okay with that because he's a team player. They're going to be an eight seed. I mean, I, 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 I don't know, Josh. I, I, it's, it's football season. I'm trying not to think about the Lakers because of how dysfunctional this team is. There's just no absolute way that Russell Westbrook remains on this team for the entirety of the season. And I say that knowing that he's not going to get traded. And I say that knowing he's going to be on the Lakers all season, we're going to have to deal with the storyline of him and Patrick Beverly getting in arguments all season long, but still claiming they're best friends and, and dating back to these stories in 2018 when they gave each other food. I don't even know, Josh, but the Lakers are dysfunctional. They're going to be lucky to be a play-in team. Uh, Washed James, I'll go ahead and call it. Washed. oh my gosh, get out of here. Uh, LeBron is not washed, but I do think that the Lakers are going to be fighting for a play-in spot or that eight seed. Like, uh, they're definitely not going to be a one through seven. No, definitely not. Uh, Josh, you, and uh, one more thing I want to talk about UFC, Bo Nickel. Have you heard of the name? No. You just did Bo Nickel. Okay, so he is a two-time, two-time national champion wrestler at Penn State. And Josh, not only is he, was he a national champion, he was the Hodge winner. So what that means, he is the overall Big Ten Athlete of the Year. That includes basketball, that includes football, that includes wrestling, that includes all the sports. He was a Big Ten Athlete of the Year two years in a row, comes into the UFC, Dana White Contender Series, absolutely dismantles a Cage Fury reigning champion in 52 seconds. It's all over my social media platforms. He's a white kid with fantastic hair. He is what this country is trying to get behind. I mean, we've seen the we've seen the Habibs come in. We've seen the Islams come in. We've seen the Charles Oliveras come in. The uh, the United States. I don't want to make this like a race thing. The United States has been waiting for a guy like this to come around. We had Daniel Cormier to come in and absolutely dominate the UFC like this guy has potential to do. I'm all the way behind Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel, born and bred in America, and is going to be the next big thing in the UFC. Penn State College. All right, let's talk about it, Josh. Aaron Judge hit number 61 last night, gets the AL record, or ties the AL record for most home runs in a single season. And, of course, it brings up all the discussions about, you know, is this the real record now? Because the only people above him are Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, and Barry Bonds. Give me your take. No, their records stand. He's got to pass them. Uh, you know, I don't care about any of that. you got to pass them. 
it's just the new generation trying to make, you know, oh, well, whatever. Those guys hit the home runs, you know, whatever happened with the the steroids and all that stuff, whatever. you got to go beat the records. Just do it. And I, I saw a guy on TV earlier talking about, you know, there should be, there's not even, he, he kind of, he didn't say the word asterisk, but he, he should have. I mean, that's what he was implying. He said there should be an asterisk ne- next to the top names saying this was before baseball started testing for steroids. Then there should be an asterisk next to Aaron Judge's name for using juiced balls. Josh, the, the baseballs are completely different than the balls they're using back then. So, like, what's the fucking difference? It evens out. It, it drives me nuts. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. I I have no problem with this. You've got to go hit the home runs. You can't just now, you know, wanting to pull this way retroactively, you know, way, way after, you know, oh, no, well, this guy's, you know, had a, you know, had a great year. So we're just going to go ahead and, and just give him the number one record overall when it's actually not the case. Definitely not. Albert Pujols as well, number 700. What a historic I mean, second half of the season, I think he had 18 home runs. I mean, <laughs> if he wasn't on steroids, he should have been because, my <laughs> goodness, he was on fire this second half of the season. Great to see. I mean, of course, I have a lifelong hatred for the, for the, uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals, for Albert Pujols. I mean, of course, what they, they ripped my heart out in 2010. Josh, and I actually was thinking about this the other day. I think in 2010, when the Rangers lost uh, the World Series to the Cardinals, I think that's when I really stopped rooting for teams and I started root- rooting for players. Yeah, I can see that. Ruined me. Anyways. Yeah, well, the Cardinals actually had one of my all-time favorite pitchers. Uh, not my number one all-time favorite pitcher, but uh, one of them, Chris Carpenter, mm. lefty, was a great pitcher for a long time in the league. Nasty curveball. Oh. It's beautiful to watch. All right, let's talk I mean, definitely no, definitely no Mariano Rivera, but you know what I mean. Adam Rainer, Adam Wainwright as well on that team. Uh, fantastic pitcher. Uh, let's move on to some college football, Josh. OU. Now I, I've said this from the. I, I called it last week against Kansas State. I mean, that is not a team you want to go in there and sleep on. They got that uh, quarterback transfer from Nebraska. He's mobile. OU, OU has always had a problem containing mobile quarterbacks. This guy looked like fucking Cam Newton out there on Saturday, Josh. That quarter, the OU defense made that quarterback look phenomenal. The Kansas State's running back was already, you know, he was one of the top running backs in this in this entire league. He was fantastic, but they made the quarterback look like he was on a completely another level. Absolutely hilarious to see, and I think I mean I'm not I don't think I'll pick them to lose two weeks in a row. But Josh, they're they're at TCU this week. They're a six and a half point favorite. TCU's undefeated. I am not sure I like this spot for OU. If OU loses this game against TCU, they are done. Oh, they're they're fucked. Um, speaking of that, Oklahoma State in a huge matchup, obviously the biggest matchup of the year so far for them at Baylor. Josh, I think they can get it done. If they and honestly, I think this is a very good preview of the Big 12 championship. Well, we're gonna have to see the defense come to play. OSU's got, you know, the number one in points scored so far in the Big 12. Um, well, before last week because they had the bye week, obviously. But uh, they can score with the best of them, which is something, you know, a little weird for OSU fans is in the past, you know, our defense and run game has been able just to get us through. But now Spencer Sanders being in his, you know, eighth year at Oklahoma State, it really gives us some uh, some seniority there at the helm. And we can put up points. We can score points. Now we just need the defense to come and play, very similar to that OU team, actually. Um, just need the de- need to see the defense step up against Baylor. We know that they can get 
we know that Baylor can be beat. And so Oklahoma State has just got to really put the foot on the throat and just go through the game and don't take it, you know, don't take it for granted. That's it. No, but we did have a bye week to prepare for Baylor. So we should be in a great headspace, great time to plan. This should be a game Oklahoma State should go in and win. Also on Caesars, they are plus two and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I am not a fan of such an early bye week and, you know, a week four bye week. I'm not a huge fan of that. I like it a little a little later in the year, but but we'll see how that plays out. Now, we've got teams that I kind of want to talk about. Oregon, I mean, Clemson, Penn State, Michigan. I feel like they're all Kentucky as well. Maybe even Tennessee in that bunch if you want to throw them in there. I feel like they're all about the same team. And if they ever play Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio State, they'll lose by 57 points. Yeah, just like Cincinnati last year. Yeah, and I mean, against week, week one, Oregon against Georgia. I mean, Oregon's a fucking really good football team, and they got embarrassed week one on ABC. And since then, they've dominated their opponents, and they're going to dominate Stanford on Saturday. So uh, Oregon's a really good team. They just played against NFL players. Yeah, Georgia and Alabama, Ohio State, those teams are on different levels this year. I mean, that one, two, three is almost but guaranteed. Uh, Michigan, you've got to wonder if they're going to tumble against, uh, you know, Michigan State or someone like that who they normally kind of, you know, have their blunders, kind of like an OU or OSU team. But those top three are all but solidified, and you're going to be playing against very high-level competition, whoever wins that fourth spot. Michigan uh, knocked off Ohio State last year, didn't they? Yes. Yes, they did. So they'll, they'll try and repeat that. No, Michigan, you know, they are ranked number four in the nation right now, so nothing to sleep on. And I've mentioned on the show before, Tennessee – they're my real dark horse, Josh. They're my they're my college football team of the year. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm a Pokes fan, but Hendon Hooker for Heisman. I think he's number four right now in the Heisman race. Uh, I think he's got – I think he's thrown two interceptions this year, uh, 18 touchdowns, something like that, something crazy. Um, he is absolutely dominating college football. A fantastic win last week against Florida. Um, Josh, that's about all I've got on college football, though. Well, I've got one more team that we did not mention, Kyler. And you want to talk about a college football team of the year? Give me, Kyler, this is supposed to be a basketball school. Give me Kansas. Kansas, Kansas undefeated coming out and just playing with everyone, you know, just completely turning the yeah. program around. They're normally a 35-point blowout loss every game, week in and week out. Undefeated, just got through beating Duke, battle of the brains. Kansas is a football school, Kyler. And they 100% should be ranked in the top 25. Oh, by now, yes, absolutely. 100%. They're better They're better than Kansas State. They're better than uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, they would 100% should be in the top 25. Uh, and I imagine they will be um, after this. Uh, I don't know if they play this week. Whoever they play, I think they have a big game coming up. So, Kyler, do you know who the number one for the Heisman is? Uh, Who's in Bryce, first place? Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud. Okay. And then Bryce Young, and then Hooker, and then Caleb Williams, and then Stetson. Caleb Williams, Josh, did you see him against, was it Fresno State? or I can't remember who the fuck they were playing at 1 o'clock in the morning, where at one point he was like 6 for 17 for 92 yards and like two picks, and they were down like 6 to 17. They ended up winning the game, but, I mean, not a good look for, for Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. Yeah, I mean, they ended up turning that around pretty quick, and Caleb Williams looked very good. He's got the receivers to 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 bail him out, but I'm not I'm not completely. I mean, of course, Caleb Williams is a fucking stud, but I'm just I'm not completely sold on him yet. What is USC ranked? Oh, they're up there, top ten. 
Top eight. Uh, let's see here. Six. Oh. Dude, that's Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley go back to the college – or go to the college football playoffs with USC. Yeah. People will pick that up. That was a dark horse at the beginning of the season. And this week they do play Arizona State. Uh, and this very well, I mean, probably should be. Uh, what's the coach's name in Arizona State? He used to be on ESPN. Um, Herm, Herm, Ed, Herm Edwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's definitely getting fired after this week. Um, all right, that's all I've got, Josh. Let's move on to some NFL, huh? Let's do it. Let's get to the NFL. Before we go to the NFL, everyone, go make sure you're following us on our social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, at Burster Bubble. Twitter's at SportsBYBP. I'm at JKeatno22, and Kyler's at Kyler012. Cole is at J underscore Cole underscore Jackson. Did I do that right? That's it. Perfect. And then for uh, go follow our fam- our family over at Unwrapped Sports, at Unwrapped Sports. They put out all kinds of live shows, uh, really active on YouTube. They put out crazy panels all the time. It's a lot of fun to go watch their shows. Uh, Unwrapped uh, Sport, Unwrapped Bets, Unwrapped Football, Unwrapped Basketball. They've got it all over there. And then Fantasy Football is fully underway, guys. So if you need anything to go right in your Fantasy Football League, if you are 0-3 and you're trying to figure out how to turn the season around or 1-2, and trying to figure out how to turn your team around, listen to the show. Go to go check this Twitter page out, at FantasyBYB. That is Shane, our Fantasy Football expert, expert, and he will lead you to the promised land and victory in your Fantasy Football League. So go follow him on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. One more time, I'm at jkeatno 22 Kyler's at Kyler012. Cole is at J underscore under... J underscore Cole underscore Jackson and Shane is at Fantasy BYB. Thanks guys so much. All right, let's get to it. And this game is happening tonight. Josh, we're recording, you know, 1026 local time here in Oklahoma. This game is happening tonight on Amazon Prime video. And Josh, the I mean, we didn't even talk about, you know, them moving to Amazon Prime. They got major numbers on that, didn't they? They got paid. Well, I'm, I'm talking viewership as well. So oh, yeah. many fucking people tuned in to watch that. I mean, once they fin- finally figured out where the game was. And, and it is a little bit difficult, you know, if you want to – because, you know, Maction is on Thursday nights as well. So it is pretty difficult to, to switch between the games because you have to go to the Prime app and then go to the, back to your YouTube TV app. So uh, it could be a little bit easier. But tonight we do have the Dolphins and the Bengals facing off in Cincinnati. The undefeated Dolphins. So, Josh, I want to talk about the Dolphins because they're my team. Mike McDaniel's my guy. He smokes a lot of weed. Tyreek Hill is my offensive player of the year pick. I don't think it's going to happen. Jalen Waddle might win it, though. Tua, I'm all in on two and nine. So, Josh, they beat the fuck out of your Ravens. So, let's talk about them. Well, okay. Well, first, before we dive into, into your Dolphins, I will say I do have one problem with the Thursday night showings. Uh, and that is nothing to do with the NFL. It's the fact that college football went back to playing games on Thursday nights instead of only sticking to Fridays and Saturdays like it's supposed to be. So that way we can have Monday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday day, and Sunday night for our football. But now they took they moved Friday to Thursday, which is very annoying. I wish they would have kept the college football games on Friday. With that, we can get into the Dolphins, Kyler. The Dolphins look very good. The, you know, when you throw on one of the best wide receivers in the NFL onto a team with a speed like Jalen Waddle, good things are going to happen. You beef up an offensive line uh, through free agency and you put some players on defense. Obviously, the team is going to be a little bit better. 
I don't know how much of this I'm putting on Tua. Tua's you you have to give more credit to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle for catching underthrown balls than you do with Tua's ability to throw those balls on point. And that's just not that's just not a recipe for success. Tua's not as accurate as Tyreek Hill wants to make him out to be. This defense is improved. The team is is good. They're resilient. They know how to get these wins. But something I want to point out. Ravens secondary already banged up again. Whenever they played the Bills, secondary banged up. They're playing with two rookie corners. They were not playing with their with the safety and the cornerbacks that we're going to see in December and January. We're just not, it's just not the same. The defenses is not the same. We're letting Tyreek and Waddle bring against third, third stringers. Two weeks in a row, you expect good things to happen. If it doesn't, it's a problem. For most of that game, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle were actually bottled up. So let's just not make this into something bigger than it is. The Dolphins are off to a very good start. Kudos to them for pulling back or pulling out the historic win against the Ravens with that nice comeback. Four TDs in the fourth. It was very impressive. Uh, I think that was a little bit of scheming as well because teams want – they're going to double Tyree kill and make Jalen Waddle beat them. But you, can't, but you can't do that with your third or fourth best – cornerback. Uh, You've got to put, you know, one of your top guys on Waddle and just deal with the other mismatch or deal with the other double with Tyreek Hill. Because Jalen Waddle will beat your fourth string cornerback all day long. He might beat your second string cornerback all day long. And that's that's really an interesting, I mean, Mike McDaniel, of course, you know, people are saying you know, that's kind of the reason the, the 49ers are struggling to get this running game going because the genius in Mike McDaniel is no longer there. And to bring in, I mean, just like you said, to bring in Tyreek Hill I mean, that changes the whole face of an offense. It changes the whole scheme of the defense that, that has to face that offense. And then your second-string quarterback is then stuck covering a number-one receiver in Jalen Waddle. I mean, that is just pro- – and uh, here's a little stat for you, Josh. In the second half of the games this season, uh, Tua is 7-for-8 on air passes 20-plus yards. How many of those were underthrown? It doesn't matter. Okay, but they are a three-and-a-half-point dog in Cincinnati. Where are you leaning? Miami's the dog tonight? Yep. Oh, man. I, I, was... tw- I tweeted that earlier. I mean, the Dolphins, they dismantled the Patriots in week one. They beat the Ravens. They beat the Bills. They're still a three-and-a-half-point dog. Keep disrespecting us. The hungry dog runs faster. I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take plus three-and-a-half Miami there. I do think that – I do think that Cincinnati wins this game, though. I think Cincinnati wins the game, but all of these primetime games have been fairly close, and the under is hit in almost every one of them. I don't think the under – I mean, what's the over-under tonight? I don't know, but I'm hitting the over. Oh, it's 48 tonight. Josh, if, you, if we really think – we take a step back. These are the two best receiving cores in the league. Yeah, I mean, I know we're I know we're horrible at ranking these type of things, but we always forget teams. But I mean, we, on the Dolphins, you got Jalen Wall, Tyreek Hill, and I mean Cedric Wilson, Mike Gesicki, whoever you want to put in that third spot. The Bengals, they've got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Jamar, Chase. Jamar Chase, yeah, so Aiden Hurst. I mean, yeah, they're definitely one of the best. I, I mean, I, I I don't know that I'll say that they're both the two best. I don't know that Cedric Wilson is a good enough wide receiver three for me to say that. Yeah, I mean, you got the Buccaneers up there when they're healthy too. Uh, they're still, I mean, the the oh, the Las Vegas Raiders have a pretty good wide receiver core. The Eagles. 
the Eagles have a good – so, I mean, there's a lot of these good teams. But these are both very two, like, high-powered offenses. And I think that's why I'm giving the edge to Cincinnati in this game. I'll take the – I mean, whenever I'm betting, I'm going to take the, you know, the dog money line here, which I guess is Miami. But I think that the Bengals are going to win this game. I think that, you know, I'll give them the money line as my pick. And I think that it's going to be because of T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. I think that they're going to be able to outbattle the secondary. We've seen that the secondary for Miami is suspect against good offenses. Lamar tore him apart. You know, Josh Allen had a little bit of success. And I think Joe Burrow's finally figuring it out. His offensive line, you know, everyone, you know, bashed on them the first two weeks because Joe Burrow got sacked like eight times a game. This offensive line individually are all very good. They just haven't been able to play together as a unit. And so it's just then building chemistry, kind of figuring those things out, which Miami does like to put a little bit of pressure on. So it's going to be, a, you know, a task for this offensive line to keep Joe Burrow standing upright. And if they can do that, and if T. Higgins, or if any two of the receivers go for 100 yards on either of these teams, that team's going to win. Yeah, I would agree with that. And um, the interesting note here, uh, the Bengals have had a different leading receiver lead the team in yards for the per- first three games. Chase in the first game with 129, Higgins 71, and then Boyd 106. So they're poised. I mean, I, I, I don't. I feel confident in the Bengals. I'm not really worried about them as a team at all. Um, I, I do kind of agree that they pro- they might win this, probably win this game. But I'm going to take the money. I'm going to take the uh, the dog with the points. So another fun stat, Kyler. No team in NFL history. Not NFL history. It's like the past like twelve years. There's all there's not been any team that I'm gonna mess this stat up, but I'm gonna say it anyway. And if it's wrong, I'll just take credit for it. Um, no team in the past twelve years has made it to the playoffs from starting 0-2. There you go. I don't think that's correct, but I'm gonna say you created it. All right, so now we're moving over Put it on stat news. Yep, send it in. Uh, send it um, uh, send it over to London, England. We've got the Vikings and we've got the Saints. Pip Pip Cherryo with a cup of tea in the morning. Uh, eight thirty in the morning here, local time, Josh and NFL Network. Vikings two and one, Saints one and two. Minnesota is a two and a half point favorite. What do you got here? Um, sorry, I'm pulling up my uh, my slate. I've got some picks that I made. It's an early game. That's an early game. Uh, Jameis and Michael Thomas did not show up to uh, practice yesterday. Nope. And all the other members of the team did, so it puts in a big question mark at who's starting here. When we look at the Saints, we look at Jameis Winston, obviously, first, college MVP pick. Um, he's got four fractured bones in his back yeah, that, they can't, that they can't do anything about. Um, the pain is just, you know, how much he, he's not going to damage it anymore is what they said. But it's just basically, you know, can you tolerate the pain? And clearly, he has not been able to do that. Jameis has looked very rough. A lot of overthrown balls, a lot of interceptions. Just not a lot of good looks from Jameis. Um, Taysom Hill's been more of a spotlight when they snap it directly to him and let him run 75 yards. I'm not confident at all in the Saints team. They just just don't look good. They don't. And they look very poised to have Sean Payton return next year. Um, and if you look at the Vikings, what they've done this year, I mean, they're, they're your Super Bowl pick for God's sakes. Uh, they, I mean, dismantled the Green Bay the Green Bay Packers in Week One. They lost to probably the best team in the NFL, in the Philadelphia Eagles, in Week Two, and then beat a, a pretty frisky uh, Detroit team last week. So I, I mean, it's just screaming 
the, to pick Minnesota here minus two and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take and I'm going to feel very confident Minnesota minus two and a half. The you know, one of the question marks to look at is Dalvin Cook. He's got a shoulder injury, so he might be. I know he's day to day, so I have to see if he plays with that with that being an 830 game. Those inactives will come out at about 730, 745. So you better be up and at him on Sunday morning to check those uh, Sunday morning. And the over under is 43 and a half. We're going to take the lunder. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the under. I don't trust the Saints to score that many points. I think Justin Jefferson could get a touchdown. Maybe Thielen, the running back, there's 21. Maybe one touchdown for Kamara. One, yeah, I'm taking the under. Love it. All right, let's move on. 12 o'clock game. Cleveland is at Atlanta. We've got Cleveland is a one-and-a-half point favorite. Of course, they've got still Jacoby Brissett back there as the quarterback. 47-and-a-half is the line. Um Cleveland coming off their 29 to 17 win last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was just a heartbreaking, heartbreaking uh, ending for a lot of betters out there who had the under in that with a last second touchdown uh, scoop and score, literally with no time remaining, uh, ruined the over, um, ruined the under. And their only loss this season is a one point loss to the Jets, which has just happened in hilarious fashion. We want to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Bring, yeah, yeah. I'll let you start it. Well, I mean, Josh, what was this? It was 17 to 30 with a minute 50 left. <laughs> and Joe Flacco threw the ball 17 more times and won the game. That's because Joe Flacco is an elite quarterback. He's a Super Bowl MVP. Joe Flacco is an elite quarterback who knows how to get it done, knows how to win in crunch time, Tyler. I've been telling everybody this. There's a reason. If you look at what the Jets said, you have to you have to dissect these words very carefully. The Jets didn't say, you know, we're going to bring back Zach Wilson when he's 100%. We're going to wait until Zach Wilson is 110% before we bring him back onto the field because we're happy with the job that Joe Flacco is doing. Well, Kyler, I don't know if you know this. But it's impossible to be 110% ready to play. You can be 100%, but math does not allow you to be 110% healthy. That means that you can stop yourself from getting injured, and that's just not the case. You can be 100%. My body is fully ready to go, but you cannot be 110%. It's just not possible. It's like, oh, maybe next week, Zach. Maybe uh, keep going. Maybe you'll be 100 like, You'll keep going. Hey, guys, I feel good. My, you know, my, I feel good. They're like, well – well, Joe's doing all right. Let's just keep him out there. Yeah, the, the test has 104% right now. Let's hold up a little <laughs> bit. Um, but So looking at this Cleveland Browns team, I will say that the biggest thing that has surprised me about them is definitely just the resilience. This team is just continuing to battle it out. You can give most of this credit to uh, Cream, no, Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb is just continuing to get the Russian call. Leader. Yeah, he and he just gets called over and over and over. There were so many people that were disrespecting him and for the fantasy football community going into this year, and he's just continued to prove everyone wrong. He was coming off a short week for that uh, that primetime game on whatever it was, yeah. uh, short, super short week. Everyone thought that he just had twenty two carries for a hundred and you know eighty yards or something stupid. And then he just goes back the next week, goes back for over 100 yards rushing, finds the end zone, and just never stops. You expect, you know, them kind of use that other back that they have, but they just continue to go with Nick Chubb, and it was an impressive performance. I have no reason to believe that he's not going to do the exact same thing to a high school defense with the Atlanta Falcons. And I, I trust this 
I trust the run game with Cleveland way more than I do the, the team with Atlanta. Marcus Mariota has shown that he is subpar. You know, he's kind of what we thought he was. He's a game manager who will have a, a nice scramble every now and then. They've not utilized Kyle Pitts like they need to. Last game was his best game of the season. He's been a non-factor. They've got to continue to feed Drake London the ball. And Cordell Patterson has got to be able to get in space. None of that stuff is happening for Atlanta. I feel confident in putting my money on the Cleveland Browns minus one and a half. See, and that's where I, I don't, just because of how frisky this, this Atlanta Falcons team has been this year. I mean, if you look at their last three three games, I mean, all of their, their first week they lost by one. The next week they lost by four. Then the next week they won by four. So they're playing a lot of close games. Like you said, Cordero Patterson, he's a third leading rusher in the team. Um, the Falcons are completely healthy. The Browns are pretty banged up. I mean, Jadavion Clowney might not play. Denzel Ward might not play. Uh, Conklin oh, actually, is actually, I might change all this. I don't know if Miles Garrett is playing. Yeah. He had a car wreck. Oh, he flipped fuck, his yeah. he flipped his Porsche. Did you see uh, that? He, he swerved to miss a deer. Flipped his Porsche like eight times. Did you see his car? Yeah. It's fucking But they said that he like had some bruises and was a little banged up, but they said that they were expecting him to play. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. So I'll I'll keep an eye on that. That might be enough to sway me to take the Falcons money line. Uh but you know the problem here is Kyler, like this underdog pick right here, like on the money line, is minus one oh three. It's not even plus money. So pretty much a pick them here. Uh so in the over under is forty seven and a half. I mean, I'm gonna. I mean, I feel I'm bad doing. I feel bad doing this, but I'm taking the under. Staying away from this game, Josh. But I'm looking. I'm taking a look here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We've got to get out to Atlanta and go to a game there. I mean, yeah, I'd like to wait till they were a little better. Well, shit, we can go. We can go whenever. All right, Commanders at Cowboys. Dallas is a three-point favorite. This is on Fox, of course. The over/under is forty-one and a half. Josh, what do you got here? Well, you know, first let's take a look at Dallas. Obviously, the biggest news is Dak Prescott going out, breaking his finger on one of the arms of a defender. Uh, so, Kyler, my question to you, first of all, I want to pose is, is Dak Prescott the best quarterback in Dallas? No. I think he might be the third best. Bailey Zappi's number third, number two. Cooper Rush looks good. Yeah, Cooper Rush is he's, – he's – I mean – I don't. I don't know what's what's up with Dak. I don't. I don't know. Maybe he has like an underlying injury before he hurt his hand. He just doesn't. He's playing as a game manager and a bad one. And Cooper Rush is just a better game manager. But if you've got a healthy Dak out there who's running around and doing the things that Dak can do when he's one hundred percent, of course Dak's the best quarterback. But if we're just playing a game manager version, please give me Cooper Rush. Has Cooper Rush ever lost a game in the NFL? Uh, I think he had. I, I remember him losing um, last year. I think he lost a field goal to the Vikings. I wonder if he started that game. That's a good question. So uh, I, Cooper Rush has been able to prove everyone wrong. I mean, he's from around the area. He's played very good football. That's the biggest storyline is obviously the the switch. And we get one more week at least of Cooper Rush. I've seen that Dak said that he's targeting a week five comeback into the league against the Rams. That's the game that he is looking at playing. He just got all of his stitches out from the finger surgery. Um, so when you look at the Cowboys, it's been very, you know, weird. A lot of people thought that Tony Pollard would take it, take the backfield over from Zeke, but it's been more of a split than it has anything. 
Um, last week, Zeke was the one that found the end zone while Pollard had more yards. So, you know, we're really seeing a split backfield here with Zeke and Tony Pollard. I like that, yeah, it's, I think it's the way that it should be. Uh, both both guys should be able to do well. It's just like the Nick Chubb, Kareem uh, thing. It's going to – fantasy managers are gonna, gonna, going to continue to be frustrated and not knowing who's going to get the bulk of the targets or the better targets each week. But I think this is something you have to live with when you're playing Zeke or Tony Pollard in your fantasy league. When you drafted him, there was a chance that that was going to happen. Uh, C.D. Lamb has been okay, but with Cooper Rush being the game manager, he has not been as much of a factor as a lot of people put stock into him. That that is true, but I mean, he's he is him. He is him. The thing is, when C.D. gets the ball, C.D. is amazing with it. True, but they're just not able to get him the ball as much as they need to be able to get a star wide receiver the ball. I mean, you're in a situation where CD's your best guy. You've got to go to your guy. I don't care if you're a game manager or not. You put the hands of the ball, you put the ball in the hands of your best player. And right now that's just not happening consistently for Dallas. You're seeing guys like Noah Brown, you know, get all the looks, which Noah Brown has been incredible feeling in that spot. Cooper Rush and him have built amazing chemistry on that second team together. And Michael Gallup hasn't been back to play. So, you know, and Schultz has been banged up. He's been out. So no Brown has really stepped into that role. Um, I tell you someone who does look like the defensive player of the year that I had picked, and that's Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is active on every play, never takes a playoff. He hit Joe Burrow so many times when the Cowboys played the Bengals. He's the reason this Cowboys team is two and one. That's exactly right. Micah Parsons has such a big role to play there. Uh, and, you know, I still stand strong by my defensive player of the year pick, Micah Parsons, super active. I like it. So uh, who you got here? The, the line is uh, minus three, Dallas. Oh, man. I feel like the commanders, you know, it's time for them to win one. And it's a divisional game, well, NFC they've, East. They've won, they, they won their first game. Mm. I will – oh, man. See, I really want to put money on the on the dog here, and I probably will by itself. But if I'm looking at you know a slate of games, I'm probably going to take Dallas minus three. Yep. I just the Commanders are so dysfunctional. What I will say though for the Commanders is that they their receiving core is a lot better than people thought it was going to be. Absolutely, Johan Curtis Dodson. Samuel and Johan Dotson have both been on fire this year. Absolutely. They they are very, very good. Uh, I'm also with the minus three, and I'm also on the under here, under 41 and a half. That's a pretty low number. I feel like the rat line, but I'm on, I'm on the under. I'm going to take the over. I don't think the Dallas secondary is going to be good enough to stop McLaurin, Dawson, and Samuel, and I think Dallas is also going to score. But, Kyler, how nuts is it that Brian Robinson is running, like, full-speed drills less than a month after getting shot in the leg twice? But the craziest thing is he's probably their best player right now. Well, I don't know about that, but I do. And so was that lady that was throwing in the balls. I mean, she might be their best quarterback. Um, yeah. Carson Wentz looked great. Carson Wentz for two weeks looked like an MVP candidate in the week three later done. But two weeks in a row, people thought Carson Wentz might be an MVP candidate. That's true. Uh, speaking of MVP candidates, let's talk about the Detroit Lions and the Seattle Seahawks. Jared Goff. I mean, what a, what a season for him. Do you have Josh, have you happened to see his girlfriend? I have. Uh, let me let me take a peek. Goodness gracious, alive! It was a hilarious video that she made. It was of her. She was on the beach, 
um, being told that Jared Goff, that the Lions had just won, uh, that Jared Goff had just thrown a um, a game winning touchdown. I mean, she wasn't watching the game. Somebody had to come tell her on the beach. But I appreciate whoever made that video. Um, but let's talk about the Detroit Lions real oh, quick. I'm, I see the video. <laughs> I see the video. But- He's winning. That man is winning. Um, of course, they lost week one to the best team in the NFL, the, the Philadelphia Eagles. They bounced back, beat the Washington uh, Commanders. Then lost last week again to your Super Bowl pick, the Minnesota Vikings. So, I mean, Detroit Lions are a very, very frisky team. I'm picking them to beat the Seahawks this week. They are a four-point favorite. Uh, I am also going to take Detroit. I'm picking a lot of favorites on the show, and I usually bet the the dog under or the dog money line. That means all the dogs are going to win. I know. I love Detroit. Uh, everything about Detroit. Oh. Dan Campbell's been there. You, I mean, this is about to. This is about to take Dallas's place as America's team if it hasn't already. Malcolm Rodriguez showing up in cowboy boots and the cowboy hat with the Wranglers on. There's a, a interview out there of him with the. I, I don't remember her name, but she was like asking him all the questions. He's going to start flying the uh, or have the uh, Mexican flag on his visor to you know give a shout out to his you know tradition and stuff. Um, why'd you give me that look? No, I was I was gonna say, did you see the NFL when they would to when they announced their Hispanic Heritage Month and they just put it in tight in whatever it's called over the N? Oh no! What a horrible decision that was! It's like in the office when uh when Ryan just puts a little squiggly thing over lemonade. Oh, when, yeah. Dan, when Dan Campbell said, it doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I will beat your ass. They became America's team right then. Yeah, you got to let the big dogs eat and puppies piss on the porch. Speaking that of that, was a Jamal Williams. I mean, but so another frustrating thing for fantasy football managers is Jamal Williams. If you're a DeAndre Swift owner, you are pissed because what's happened every game is that DeAndre Swift will break off a 65-yard run, get tackled on the two, and then Jamal Williams will punch in the touchdown. So the over-under is 48 here. I mean, both of these defenses are atrocious. I mean, yards allowed, the Seattle Seahawks are averaging 408. The Detroit Lions are averaging 422. So I imagine some points are going to be put up here. But can you really see the Seattle Seahawks putting up enough points for this over to hit? Ooh, 48 is a lot of points. I don't think so. I don't either. I mean, we, we finally saw where DK had a good game. Tyler Lockett's had one good game. I mean, that's not I feel like Detroit's defense is the best, but I mean it's still oh, pretty bad. good. Josh, they allow four they, they're allowing 422 yards a game. Oh yeah, that's not good. I mean, of course, they have played two of the best teams in football in in, in in our minds, Philadelphia and Minnesota. But I mean, still. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I said this, but Minnesota is definitely not my Super Bowl pick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this came from, but I I don't think I said that. No, I'm pretty sure you did. Um. Oh, did you know that Malcolm Rodriguez was PFF's number one ranked defender on Detroit? Oh, shout out to him. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's been uh, very good. So anyway, Kyler, this game, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Detroit over Seattle. I have no trust in Geno Smith to win these games. DK's good, Tyler Lockett, you know, it's Tyler Lockett. There's starting to be a little bit of a battle in the running back room between Rashad Penny and 
Uh, Kenneth Walker, Walker's finally, you know, getting integrated back into the mix. I don't know how I feel about it, but I think this week is going to be a Detroit win. Uh, I think Dan Campbell and the team are going to take it home. What about a quarterback room? Do you think there's any controversy there yet? No. All right. Let's let's move on to a, um, a very, very early loser leaves town game. I mean, it's only week four, but, I mean, loser, this should definitely leave town. Tennessee at Indianapolis. I mean, we've got – this is, of course, Indianapolis. Indy is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 43. Lucas Oil Stadium, the roof will probably be open. It's going to be a beautiful day in Indy. I mean, Indy – Josh – when they lost 24 to 0 to the fucking Jaguars, like I, I get it. The ja- and we're talking about the Jaguars soon a little bit. You know, Dan Campbell's, I mean, not Dan Campbell, uh, fuck, what's their coach's name? Doug Peterson. He's turned, I mean, he, he's done a great job of turning that franchise around. Josh, they, I don't know. What's the Colts confused the fuck out of me? Well, they don't confuse me at all. I mean, let's when you break down these games, game one against the Texans is week one. Team. Week one, you tie with the Texans. That's week one jitters. You're a little rusty. You're trying to get things figured out with your new quarterback, your new system. Okay, I'll give you week one. What tie? Okay, I get it. The only reason that it was a tie was because the Texans went, they made it a tie in overtime. Um, you go to the Jaguars. The Jaguars have had the Colts numbers for like eight seasons. I, I mean, this was just not a game that the Colts were going to win. I kind of – I picked them to beat the Jaguars just because I didn't think the Jaguars were going to be good. But the Colts blew that game against the Jaguars. Then it was written all over the place that they were going to come back and beat the Chiefs because they've had the Chiefs number. They've been able to play close with the Chiefs. So, they, you know, they played close with their rival. They got the win out against the Chiefs. That was the upset game that the Chiefs needed for the year to, you know, score on earth and – scorch earth and just start beating the hell out of everybody. Now you put them up against the Tennessee Titans. Kyler, I just don't think they win. No, no. The, t- the Tennessee Titans, especially what I saw last week against against the Raiders, really getting Derrick Henry involved, really implementing a tough, physical, Mike Vrabel brand of football. And that's the thing, you know, the, people are saying this team sucks. You know, Ryan Tannehill's not good enough to to bring this team to the promise. And that all might be true. Mike Vrabel is still the coach of this football team. So there are going to be some tough motherfuckers out there. And they're going to be tough to put away. Obviously, Buffalo embarrassed them um, on, I think that was a primetime game. Uh, yeah, that was a Monday Night Football game, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was embarrassing. Um, uh, but, uh, again, this is a Mike Vrabel team. He's going to have this team ready. I've got them plus three and a half. Over, uh, over 43, I'm taking that over. Bad oof. I don't know. that. Uh, that I'm probably staying away from the line there, but I definitely love hammering the Tennessee Titans money line. Give me that all day long. Uh, I think that they're definitely going to win this game. I'll take the plus three and a half, but I want the money line for the dog here. Um, Tennessee, along with Derek Henry, they're finally starting to realize that Traylon Burks has to get involved in the offense, that they need to give him the ball. And I think that's going to be a big factor against this Colts team. That's it. Let's move on. Chicago at the Giants. The Giants are a three-point favorite here against Chicago. Both of these teams, Josh, two and one on the season, both winning records. Uh, the over-under is 39 and a half, which is pretty laughable. Chicago's uh, last three, of course, they lost uh, two weeks ago, 27-10 to Green Bay. They have beaten San Francisco in that absolutely disgusting game in week one. And then they beat Houston, which is not a very good football team. Um, and then the, the Giants, of course, lost last week to the Cowboys. What do you have in this game, Josh? 
Uh, this is going to be an ugly game. This is probably the toilet bowl of the week for me. Um, I will I will say, I mean, two stars in this game, two legitimate stars. Saquon Barkley is all the way back. And Amon St. Brown, I mean, uh, um, this is Amon St. Brown's brother. I'm not going to mess it up. Something St. Brown. And he's not, I don't want to say he's as good. He's a fucking stud at receiver. I think stud's a stretch, but he is good. Definitely nowhere near Monroe, but he is good. You know, he, he's a good wide receiver. I don't know that I call him a star like Saquon, but Kyle, you're also forgetting my point, Daniel Jones. Daniel, Daniel Jones, Dimes. Danny Dimes, is uh, is he is he back? Did well, he ever did he ever leave? I mean, did he change what he what he does? Well, so far for the season, now uh, he's got three touchdowns, two interceptions, five hundred sixty-eight yards. So. You know, we're we're getting that. I mean, his he's he's mobile. <laughs> People sleep on how mobile he is as a quarterback, which scares the fuck out of me. And Brian Dayball is just like, yeah, dude, run it. Like, if you get hurt, it, it saves me the the controversy of having to start. Who's their backup? Their backup's good. Uh, is it Tyrod? It's Tyrod Taylor. So Dayball is like, fuck it. If he dies, he dies. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I actually still am a big Daniel Jones fan. Me too. His wide receiver core is terrible. Sterling Shepard just tore his ACL. That was his most consistent target. He's out. So now you've got Wondell Robinson, Kadarius Toney. Wondell Robinson is questionable for the week. <laughs> well, yeah, they always all are. I mean, dude, it's just – it's a terrible situation – Daniel Jones has to do a lot of it. There were so many passes that his receivers dropped last week uh, against the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. I mean, I just can't put most of this on Daniel Jones, but the team as a whole is just not not good. But the Bears are also not good. No, they're not. Saquon Barkley, number two in the league in rushing yards, 317 uh, rushing yards already this year. On I think three attempts. I think between that – and Daniel Jones being able to take care of the football in this game is what's going to give them the lead. I will take the Giants' money line, but I will take – I'll just take the Giants' money line. That's what I will take in this game. It's minus 170 uh, here on Caesar. So the over-under is 39.5. Where are you going there? Oh, man. I'm. <laughs> it's going to be an ugly game. I just don't see that many points being scored. Give me the under. Yeah, I say 37 points are scored in this game. All right, let's move on to the next game. Here we've got the Jaguars and the Eagles. I mean, this is just a battle of two elite teams in the NFL, two hard-nosed, gritty teams that don't take no for an answer. I mean, they're probably one of the probably my Super Bowl pick right now. Just kidding. Uh so, but I mean, these team, these two teams, they have definitely have um, exceeded expectations so far this season. The the spread is six and a half for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts, I mean, Josh, let's talk about it. it he's an MVP candidate. Uh, absolutely, is right now. I mean, he, he's in the top, you know, top five, top six MVP I, race. Uh, I, I heard on a podcast somewhere they compared his stats through three weeks. Um, to Lamar's stats through three weeks uh, during his MVP season. And I think he had 30, yes, 30 more yards passing and one less touchdown. 
So he's definitely, definitely on track. The over-under is 46 here. Um, I mean, like I said, the Eagles have just been absolutely rolling, looking dominant. I mean, they have done all of their work in the first half, which is a little bit concerning to, to see if, you know, if they get in the close game, can they keep poised? Can, can they keep it going down the stretch? But, I mean, we talked about it earlier with their receiving core. Mar- A.J. Brown, they've got Quez Watkins. Um, I'm forgetting the rest of the guys they've got. Uh, Miles Sanders has been carrying the workload in the backfield. So I really like what I'm seeing from this Philadelphia team. Jalen Hurts is uh, tied for third in, in in the MVP race, according to Caesars, at plus 700. Who's top so You've got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and then it's Jalen and Lamar tied for third. Which I don't think Patrick Mahomes should be as high on this list as he is. Uh, yeah, he's had you know a, quite a few really good games, but with what you've seen from Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson, yeah, Lamar Jackson has played unbelievable football and had throwing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, and over a hundred rushing yards in back-to-back games. Anyway, we're not talking about the Ravens right now. Jalen Hurts has looked very good. This Eagles team looks very good. I, you know, they were my winner to pick the NFC East, the NFC Beast. I think that they you know, obviously are going to, you know, should win that division. Uh, I'm very confident what I'm seeing from the Eagles. That I don't know that they're going to be a team that makes a deep run in the playoffs or anything like that, but they're going to be a scary team that people will not want to face the first round or the second round of the playoffs. I promise you that. Um, Jalen Hurts is getting he's getting better at making decisions. The defense looks a little bit better this year. So I really like what I'm seeing from the Eagles. This defense is allowing 16.7 points uh, points allowed th- this year. I mean, of course, they did play Detroit and Washington in there and, and Minnesota, who scored seven points. They've allowed 15 points in the last two weeks. So that's a pretty, pretty good uh, – they did allow 35 points to Detroit week one. So uh, not, really, not really happy about that. But let's talk about Jacksonville for a minute. I mean, I t- just mentioned it a while ago. Doug Peterson coming in there, absolutely turning things around. And I think uh, I think I did see this on a part of my take clip. Trevor Lawrence finally has a coach that he he can hang out with. He can go have a beer with. I mean, because at Clemson he had the fucking crazy dude in Dabo. <laughs> and then he, I mean, if you go have a, a beer with Urban Meyer, he's gonna finger your girlfriend. What's going on? <laughs> well, I will say this. I'll say that Trevor Lawrence. Looks like he's got it figured out a little bit. Um, I don't think that this offense is, is, you know, just great. I mean, you did have a bad loss to the Commanders week one. You did blow out the Colts, which is good, but the Colts are a bad team. Um, you beat the Chargers. Blew out the Chargers. Beat the Chargers. I mean, obviously Justin Herbert is not full strength, but beating the Chargers is a win. I mean, you've got to take that. Trevor Lawrence has looked good this year. And we can give some of the credit to Doug Peterson, but – the Jaguars offensive coordinator is, I'm getting his name here, Kyler, Press Taylor. Mm. Press Taylor came from the Eagles. Okay. His brother's name is Zach Taylor, Ooh. who is the head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh. Press oh. Taylor is a great offensive mind, and I think he's a lot of the reason that this team has opened up the offense as much as has. Was Press Taylor on that uh, Super Bowl team? They he was okay. Great to know. So that's I mean, uh, great great insight there. And Trevor Lawrence's season. I mean, like I said, I mean he's really really stepped up. Six touchdowns, one interceptions, over seven hundred yards. James Robinson, of course, carrying the you're in the Christian Kirk. I mean, 
I don't want to say living up to the contract because he got fucking paid, but he's been performing well this season. Uh, Jaguars, I mean, the very frisky team to watch out for. I think they'll go around 500. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. I mean, they have a chance. I mean, you know, honestly, like if they keep it up, they could be a sneaky, sneaky 10-win team. Josh, if, if, I know we already talked. I don't know who you talked about the uh, – the um. Yeah, we did talk about the Dolphins. I mean to talk about this when we were talking about the Dolphins. If you look at their schedule, if they win, if they win tonight, they could very easily go eleven and zero. This is the well, last. This is the last tough game they have in a while. All right, let's move on. Pittsburgh is hosting. Oh wait, wait, wait! We didn't make a pick there. Okay. Uh, it's the line is Eagles minus, minus six and a half. Minus six and a half for the Eagles. I'm going to take. Jacksonville plus six and a half. No, I've got the Eagles by 50. All right. New York. What about that over under 46? 46. That's a tough number. What are you taking? I'm going to take the over. That's a ton of points. Uh, I'm expecting it to be. I'm expecting Jalen Hurts to have a a baller game. Yeah. I'm going to take the over just just in the hopes that Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence get in a shootout. Yeah, I want to see a I want to see a uh, ETN touchdown this week, so I need the over to hit. <laughs> uh, that's that's a fantasy football fantasy footballer who is struggling so far this season. Uh, Jets at the that's a, oh actually that was going to be one of my bubbles bursted for the week, and we can get to that later. But this not actually one of mine. But uh, if you drafted Travis ETN in the first four rounds. Bubble bursted. Or if you drafted David Montgomery at all. I mean, fuck's sake. Well, he's coming back. You know, he's out for a couple weeks. No, he's gotten his job taken over. He's not getting it back. What's that dude's name? Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert. That dude's a monster. All right, who are we talking about? The Jets? Uh, Jets at Steelers. The line is three and a half for the Steelers. Of course, this is they're at home, so they're getting about a, a, point, a half a point. Um plus being at home. Over-under is 41-and-a-half. Neither of these teams are too good. I mean, Pittsburgh, you know, of course, it's the it's the Mike Tomlin effect. Same thing we talked about with Mike, Vari- Mike Variable. Um, this team's just going to be well-coached. Or they're going to be, you know, pretty fundamentally sound in all all facets of, of on the football field. So we'll see if they can pull one out here against the Jets. I mean, I hope they do. I mean, they're, you know, in a slump, obviously, right now. They're one and two to start the year. They need a win against the Jets team. I mean, I just – nothing excites me about the offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with no and with no T.J. Watt, nothing excites me about their defense either. Yeah, well, uh, Minka is good. Minka's good. I mean, he runs around like a crazy man. So this is a couple is, of one and two teams. He is the Jets. The Jets and the Steelers both being one and two. So this is going to be the team that goes to one and three. I just think that, you know, the smart play here is to pick the Steelers to win this game. But I have no faith in Mitch Trubisky to make it happen. So when in doubt, Kyler, I'm going to put my money on the dog with the elite quarterback who I know can win in crunch time. Give me the Jets money line. I'm putting this game with Joe Flacco, taking the elite quarterback. I'll sprinkle some on the Jets plus three and a half. I like I like that. I like that. Um, and what, what was really funny, I was going to mention this earlier when we were talking about Joe Flacco, when he had that historic comeback win against uh, against the Ravens. 
Uh, what's he against the Ravens? Cleveland. Cleveland. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he said a uh, he said a really funny line. He's like he's like it's just so cool, you know. I'm I, doing things that I've never experienced, getting to do things that I've never experienced before like this. It's like, dude, you've been a quarterback for 15 years in this league, and you're doing shit for the first time on the Jets. What's going on here? But uh, super fun to see. Really fun story. Garrett Wilson. I mean, he's he's a problem. He's he's really really good. They have to feed that man because he is the future of the Jets. He's so good. I hope they get a better quarterback. Brees Hall and Michael Carter. I mean, those guys look good. Oh, they have a they have two good quarterbacks. They have Joe Flacco, who's elite, and then the starter when he's 110 percent healthy. You bring <laughs> back Zach Wilson only when he's 110 percent, not a second sooner. I think there's actually a chance he plays Week Five. I think he's also a Week Five uh, timeline, which would be very good. Kamara. Alvin Kamara court hearing delayed until November. Uh, they, they've just <laughs> they've got to uh, they've got to start planning to get CJ Stroud any way they can. All right, let's talk about Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens. This is, I mean, game of the week. Uh, yeah, game of the week. All right, game of the week, and this is this is another gripe I have. Why the fuck is this at twelve o'clock? <laughs> yeah. And last week, why was the Dolphins and Ravens at at three at at twelve o'clock? Exactly. You know who's playing Monday night? The Rams and 49ers. Flex that shit immediately. As soon as the scores happen from the previous week, you'd be like, oh, these two teams are really good. We need to see them play on prime time. Fix it. Like Sunday night is a good one because it's the Chiefs and the Bucks. Like that that should be a good game. I'm okay with that. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, that's electric. Matthew Stafford versus Jimmy G. No one wants to see that. Like it, it can't. It literally can't be that hard because they can, they do it later in the season. They flex these games. It literally can't be that hard. It's ridiculous that we're having to watch this game. I'll, I'll be watching. You know, just this clips of it. I'll have it on the second TV or just you know just the red zone plays. But let's talk about it. The Bills are a three point favorite on the road. We've got a road dog. We've got a home dog. The over under is 51. Josh, I know where you're leaning. Go ahead and give me your reasons. Give me the money line for the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, plus 140. Give me the money line for the Baltimore Ravens. At the minimum, give me the plus three. We're at home, and you're putting Lamar Jackson as a dog, a man who's out here having to prove his contract worth, who is sitting in, you know, disgrace his third place in the MVP voting so far, who's having a phenomenal year. Rashad Bateman's back in the mix. J.K. Dobbins is getting integrated back into the offense. Lamar looks like an MVP. The only thing that scares me about this game is that the Buffalo Bills are coming off of a terrible loss against the Miami Dolphins and are going to be severely pissed off and hungry. But that doesn't bother me enough, Kyler. The Baltimore Ravens are here. We're going to be able to guard Stephon Diggs. We'll put a spy out on Gabe Davis. We're going to make Devin Singletary and Zach Moss and Jared Cook, James Cook, beat us in the backfield. That's got to be the the game plan. Take away these guys. Make Dawson Knox and the running backs beat us. Take away those top two receivers. Let Lamar Jackson go be Lamar Jackson. We come out of this with a win at home. We move on and take care of business. I, I completely agree with you. Um, I'm going to take the plus three for Baltimore. 
but I'm definitely going to hammer that over 51 as well. I think at least 60 points are scoring this game. I think this is going to be an absolute shootout. Comes down to the wire. I think the the Baltimore Ravens pull it on the end. I, I, I completely agree with your take earlier that Lamar Jackson, I mean, him and, I mean, of course, Josh Allen, you could say the same thing about him. Where would this team be without these quarterbacks? I mean, 0-3 is the only answer. But I mean, it's different. I mean, at least the uh, at least the Bills have Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Gabe Davis actually very good. So I mean, you've got some players. You've got a uh, you know you've got this. Lamar Jackson does not have that. That's true. You're Rashad really Bateman good. is good, but he's unproven, and he's their best receiver. Yeah, outside of Mark Andrews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's tight end. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so Lamar Jackson doing it with not the the famous wide receiver names that some of these other top tier quarterbacks have. Absolutely, and Josh, what's what? Okay, so if you were the, I'm looking right now. I'm watching Sports Center when Tua just got his con- concussion, and they called that a back injury for some fucking reason. Did you see that? Oh, concussion protocol went out the door, dude. That's insane. Like that, that's honestly, that, that's really uh, unsettling when like, he gets up and he, he doesn't know where he is. He like, he's trying to run to the other, the other side and talk, talk to the other team. Like he's playing for the Bengals. Like it did not look good. He fell down twice and they said his, his back and ankle were hurt. Get the fuck out of here. Um, anyways, uh, what I meant to ask you with the whole contract situation, how disappointed, how upset with you are you with the Baltimore Ravens not securing Lamar Jackson for the long term? I'm, I'm not. I'm not yet. You know, we're not to a point yet. We still have franchise tags available. So you're okay with franchise tagging him? No, I'm not. But I'm saying it's not the end of the world right now. You know they're going to franchise tag him, right? I know they will. <laughs> you know, that's the most scumbag thing a franchise could ever do to but, the best quarterback to ever play in this league. But – well, ever played in the league is a stretch. Tom Brady's still a goat. We'll see. But the Ravens just, they're not that kind of franchise. They're not going to give $250 million fully guaranteed. Now, one of the best things I've seen lately was a skit that someone did on TikTok or Reels or something. He's uh, basically acting like Lamar talking to the front office. And he said, look, guys, you either pay me the $250 million guaranteed or every touchdown I throw or run for adds on $10 million. And the front office said, Lamar, we're not going to pay that. And all of a sudden, they're just sitting there, and you hear an announcement in the background go, Lamar Jackson, touchdown! <laughs> and they all just look around. He goes, what happened? He goes, we're not even playing a game. Lamar said, that's just how good I am. <laughs> you better pay me. And then just walks out. And that's you know very just how it goes. I mean, they're going to have to pay the man – I don't think he gets $250 million this year fully guaranteed. Gosh, they're going to franchise tag him. That's a lot of money. They're going to franchise tag him. That's uh, what a travesty. But, I mean, the franchise tag is going to be like $44 million. So, I mean, it's not like he's he's playing for pennies out there. Let's, let's move on. Chargers at the Texans. And, Josh, it absolutely astounds me that Justin Herbert is out there Wait, playing. Well, sorry, Kyler. I'm sorry. We, I, I just feel bad because I know that I'm a homer. But we didn't spend enough time. I will give props to the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is, you know, obviously the front runner for the MVP. He's having an incredible year. He looks like the best quarterback in the league right now. I mean, every game, every time he's on the field, you know something electric is about to happen. Him, his connection with Stephon Diggs is otherworldly. 
what they're able to do on the football field is incredible. So this is not going to be a cakewalk for the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, they're going up against, you know, what most people expect to be uh, the Super Bowl team from this from this conference, from this division. So the both or the Buffalo Bills are an incredible football team, and Lamar and Josh Allen will be able to get a really good battle out on Sunday. It's going to be electric to watch. It definitely is going to be Chargers Texans. Now the Chargers are visiting the Texans. Texans o two and one have not won a game yet this season. Uh, let's see the line here. It is the Chargers minus five. So we've got another home dog. The over under is forty four. Who's the backup for the Chargers? I have no idea. Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel. I feel like, uh, see, that's that's why you pay Chase Daniel. You pay him to come in to, uh, I mean, jo- your your franchise quarterback is playing with broken rib cartilage. You shout out to my mom just walking right behind me. And you've got a, a Chase Daniel that, I mean, get him out there. Let him go seven for eight. Earn another $15 million next year. Yeah, I mean, you're also, you know, I'm with you. I don't think Justin Herbert should be playing, but I also don't know that I want to be paying Chase Daniel to be going out there as my backup and, you know, making that happen. There's a reason that Jimmy Garoppolo got paid to go be the backup for uh, Trey Lance because they know that Jimmy G's at least a good game manager and has been to the Super Bowl. You don't have that with Chase Daniel. You've got a placeholder, though, while your guy recovers from broken ribs. Yeah, but he's going to be there whether he plays or not. I mean, like, whether you pay him or not. I mean, you, you don't have to pay him the money. He's just got to sit there. Yeah, I guess. And, I mean, and that's that's also the, the argument. It's like, you know, who's better, uh, uh, Justin Herbert with three broken ribs or a, or a Chase Daniel? Healthy. It's pro- it probably is Justin Herbert. <laughs> but long-term, you probably don't want to be putting your franchise, the quarterback of your future for the next decade and a half Bro. out there with three broken ribs. And how funny was it that the Chargers had to come out and make a whole statement about the medical protocol, how they were going to give him the, the cortisone or the uh, – because the day before, Tyler Taylor opened up a new lawsuit <laughs> against the Chargers. They punctured that man's lung so that way, him. so they could put Justin Herbert on the football field. They almost killed him. Oh my God! Um, but uh, Jackson uh, Chargers last three games. I mean, of course they got the Week One victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. They lost Kansas City and then Jacksonville. I'm I'm not high on the on the Chargers at all. I think Houston's a really frisky team. I think I mean they played in all close games this season. Lost by three last week to. Uh, to Chicago, which is a horrible team. I think they keep this close. I think they keep it inside the number. I'm going to go Houston plus five. I'm not picking them to win, but I've got Houston plus five. I like Houston plus five. I think I will agree with you there, but I'm taking the Chargers to win this game uh, all day long. I think, and that's going to be because of one man, Keenan Allen is back playing this week. Yeah. Keenan Allen is the safety blanket for Justin Herbert. He's that guy that he's comfortable with. We've clearly seen that Mike Williams is not that guy with Justin Herbert. So Keenan Allen's going to be a safety blanket. A lot of targets coming back from injury. I, I think that uh, Justin Herbert takes care of business enough to get the win, but I don't think that it's going to be a blowout. All right, let's move on to Josh's favorite quarterback and my favorite quarterback. Uh, the matchup of two former OU quarterbacks here, Arizona Cardinals visiting the Carolina Panthers. And of course, Kyler Murray is my guy just because we share the same name. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, he's not very good at being a quarterback. 
Maybe we should play baseball. But Baker Mayfield, Josh, you've had some interesting comments this season about Baker Mayfield. Let's hear them. Baker Mayfield has looked very bad at football. But it's not all Baker Mayfield's fault. His receivers, I, I don't know this. I'm going to have to look it up. I'll put my, my analytics team on it. I would argue that his receivers have almost more drops than any other receiving team in the league. And the only reason that that wouldn't be the case is because he doesn't throw as much as some of the other teams do. I'd say percentage-wise, his receivers have almost as many or more drops than any other team in the league. Oh, that's got to be us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, he's he's consistently hitting these guys in the numbers and the ball's falling on the ground. I would say the Jets are up there as well. Josh, have you seen how many fucking pass attempts Joe Flacco has? Oh, yeah. He's, he's an average of 54 a, a game. That's, yeah. Do you know how sore his shoulder must be? Holy hell. Now, what I'll say about Baker is Baker has looked bad. He's got – He's got to get it figured out enough. He needs to be targeting DJ Moore six to not six to ten times a game, regardless of anything else. DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey have to have the ball in their hands. LaVisca Chenault had like eight catches last week. Those have got to go to DJ Moore. DJ Moore is the best receiver other than Christian McCaffrey you have on this team. The team is not running Christian McCaffrey enough. That's probably to save him through injury. You're getting you're getting to see a little bit of Chuba Hubbard, but this team has got to rely up more on Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. The the play action rollouts, the boots to the side, are not working when you're doing the exact same play every three plays. Keller, after two weeks, every time Christian McCaffrey was beside Baker Mayfield on the left, it was a play action roll to the right. If he was on the right or shotgun or or an I formation, it was a run play. No matter what, it's the exact same thing on film. Yeah. Change up the schemes. Defense to pick up on that very quickly. I mean, it, it's kind of reminiscent of, you know, Russell Wilson yelling to the line, whether it was a run or pass for the entire fucking game, like an idiot. Um, it's like he never played football before. That was kind of a crazy move by him. Um, but let's let, little dig into the stats here. The Carolina Panthers are averaging 183 yards passing this year. Is it the last? Is that last place? I don't know, but that's very, very bad. They're averaging total yards 298. That's so bad, and they're a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Get the fuck out of here. Give me the Cardinals. Well, I mean, to be fair, the Cardinals have not looked good. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals have also played very bad. The defense has not looked good. Colin Murray is way more worried about double XP weekend than he has the football field. I mean, Marcus Brown has had like one, you know, one bright spot, and this is like backwards of how it's supposed to go. Colin Murray is supposed to be really good. Early in the year and bad late, but this is completely opposite of what we've seen. He clearly needs DeAndre Hopkins back on the field. He needs Rondell Moore back on the field. He's not been playing either. James Conner's been banged up. So you've got to hope that this team can figure it out when they get back healthy, but it's just not uh, not good. It's it's not good, but I do see them winning this week. And you did mention DeAndre Hopkins. I think he, I think it was a six-game suspension. So if they could just ride the wave, Get him back because, like you said, I mean, it, it's like it's like if Josh Allen didn't have Stephon Diggs right now. I mean, this is his missing safety blanket. He really does need him back. And I think when he does come back, you know, week six, week seven, um, AJ Green will be healthy by then. Hopefully, hopefully the Cardinals will be right around 500, if not a little bit above, so we can uh, we can really make a run. But who do you got here, Josh? What's your pick? Minus one and a half is the line. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like I'd just be an idiot to take – 
Carolina. I'm trying to find. Yeah, I mean, I. What what is? I want to know the reason for this line, though. There's got to be something that I'm not looking at, or something that I don't know, for the line to be like it is right now. Um, someone's got to not be playing. Someone's got to be playing, and I just guess I don't understand why it's like this. But I'm going to take the Cardinals as dogs. Let's go. Plus one and a half. To me, this just makes no sense. I feel like I'm missing something here. Sounds like a rat line to me. I'm smelling yeah, a rat. I don't understand it. I'm I'm taking the Cardinals. Over under is 43 and a half. I'm going to hit that under. Yeah, no reason to believe it'll go over that. None at all. Patriots, Packers. This is in Green Bay. Packers are a nine and a half point favorite. Are you kidding me? I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't be. Oh, yeah, Mac Jones is hurt, huh? I mean, even if he wasn't. God, Josh, they're playing They're playing close games this year, though. Yeah, but, they're throwing Brian Hoyer out against Aaron Rodgers and the defense of the Packers. I don't have to do too much. I'm going to talk about these teams, but I'm taking the, the Packers minus nine and a half. Uh, I, I just – I think it's going to be there. Man, I like this points. game a lot. It is a lot of points. That is a ton of points for a team averaging 16 points a game. They'll be fine. Aaron Rodgers is going to get it figured out. Alan Lazard's back. A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones going to be able to run the ball. Fun fun little stat here. The, the Packers are averaging 16 points a game. They're allowing 15 points a game. That's fun. Um, hmm. They're, I mean, pretty much identical total yards uh, per game, 367 for the Pats, 376 for the Packers. I mean, yeah, I see. Josh, they won last week, fourteen to twelve. I mean, it just seems like they're a little inept at moving the ball down the field. And of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still getting accustomed to these new receivers. Um, that Dobbs dude, uh, Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs is a fucking stud. How good is he? He's really good. A lot of people said that they were going out with uh, for cigars and stuff before the season started. Him and Aaron Rodgers. Love that. Also, did you, you know tell. that Aaron, you sent? I think you the one that sent me this. Aaron Rodgers has not talked to his booking agent in two months yeah, yeah, without returning a, phone calls. That was a funny clip on uh, this past weekend with Theo Vaughn and Caleb Presley. He said, because Caleb Presley does that uh, Sunday conversation, you know what I'm talking about, where he talks to people. Yeah. And uh, he said he was trying to get in touch with him. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they said, yeah, he's, he's got you in for this date. Um, and, you know, kept, kept reaching out, kept reaching out. And they finally came to us like the night before and was like, hey, we're going to be honest with you. We haven't talked to Aaron Rodgers in two months. Like he doesn't really re return our phone calls when he wants to talk to us. He calls us. So we're pretty sure he's going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Just an absolute legend that Aaron Rodgers is probably too busy doing doing drugs. Put him in jail. Hey, um, so do you know, sorry, random fact here. I was looking up trying to find something else. But do you know which quarterback in the NFL has the highest completion percentage? Tua. Geno Smith. Ooh. Yeah, sorry. We can go back to what we were talking about. But Tua has the highest QBR. Uh, Maybe. Oh, here's Ray. I can look it up. I can tell you. Uh, no, wrong, actually. Uh, Lamar Jackson at 119. Jordan Love maybe with 118. Well, that doesn't even count. He's so <laughs> Two at number two, realistically, with 117. Mahomes at 112. Yeah, shout out Lamar. 
Uh, all right, let's move on. Broncos at Raiders. This is in Las Vegas. Now, this is Josh. I don't know if you've been following part of my take. I don't know if you listen to them anymore. The Raiders are Big Cat's pinky team. So if the Raiders win the Super Bowl, Big Cat's going to cut off his pinky. Oh. Um, would you like to make a bet with any, any of these teams like that? Maybe we, no, we could no. make like a tattoo bet. We could we could do anything. No, I definitely. I mean, neither one of these teams are going to do that. <laughs> so you so you feel comfortable doing? It. I mean, let's just say the Broncos win a Super Bowl, you get Let's Ride tattooed on you this year. If they won a Super yes. Bowl this year. Yes. I would get Let's Ride tattooed on me somewhere. Deal. All right, let's talk. So about if the Raiders win, you have to get a tattoo tattooed tomorrow on you. Yes. Uh, uh, what's it Hashtag. Mind, I can't do that. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna make a prison joke, but I didn't want <laughs> to make one either. Uh, let's move on. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders are a two and a half point favorite, even though they have not won a game this year. Uh, Forty five and a half is the over. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't even want to watch this game. Yeah, I mean. I actually think the game will be entertaining this time. I don't. I do. It's going to be two teams who have not been very good, and I think they'll get a chance to battle it out. I, I mean, I have no reason to pick the Denver Broncos. The most points they've scored in a game this year is 16. And they've done it twice. <laughs> That's just so bad. Um. Hang on, I'm trying to find something here for you, Kyler, because I want to uh, I want to do something here. But Las Vegas has played in all close games. I mean, they've lost heartbreakers really all season. Um, I mean, they're they're offensive, and this is a fun stat as well. I saw it. Uh, Devontae Adams and uh, Derek Carr have um, Derek Carr has completed a touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. And I think the last 14 games they played together, dating back to Fresno State. That's a fun stat. Well, that is a fun stat. Okay, Kyler, let's do this real quick. I want to play a game. Although my phone is just freezing right now. I want to play a game with you, and it is called Geno Smith or Russell Wilson. <laughs> I saw this on somewhere else, so I can't take full credit for it, but I thought it was amazing. So let's go, Kyler. We will go first with – let me find this. All right, we will go – Who has more yards in 2022, more passing yards, Geno Smith or Russell Wilson? I mean, it has to be Geno. Yards actually goes to Russell Wilson. It is 743 yards to 717 yards. Okay, let's go with – let's see if it's going to pull it up for me now. Okay, let's go with passing attempts. Or no, let's go with passing completions. Who's had more completions in 2022, Gino or Russ? Gino. It is. Get out of here. Sorry. This is not as cool as I wanted it to be. Okay. This is going to be 63 to 79, Gino Smith. Who has more touchdowns in 2022? Geno Smith or Russell Wilson? Well, I'm seeing here Russell Wilson has two for the season, so I'm going to say Geno. It is Geno with four. Jesus Christ. So, very similar numbers, but Geno Smith 
looks to have the slight edge over Russell Wilson in 2022. Yeah, I saw the question being posed on Twitter. I mean, who won the Drew Locke for Russell Wilson trade? So a question is still up in the air. We'll have to see when we get the answer. Uh, Cortland Sutton, though. I mean, he's been good. And uh, Hollins, Matt, what's his name? Matt Collins? Matt Collins. What a stud he has been for the Raiders, huh? He's been a very good surprise for this team. Um. Uh, all right. So, who do you got here? Uh, Two and a half is the line. Broncos country, let's ride. All right. Tattoo bet is is on. If the Broncos win the oh my god, they're <laughs> win my the Super favorite, Bowl. They're my new favorite team. Um. All right. So this is a Sunday night game. Sunday night football. Chiefs at Buccaneers. Uh, we didn't talk about earlier when we talked about Thursday night football. How do you like Herb Street doing uh, NFL? Him and uh, him and um, Al Michaels. I think it's very good. I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. They're really good together. They they yeah they they did re- they do really well. Um, Sunday night football. Of course, you got Ma- Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth calling that game on NBC. Tampa Bay is a one point favorite at home. Over under is forty five. What do you got here, Josh? Uh, I mean, I have no reason to pick Tom Brady. No reason to pick Tom Brady. In fact, I'm probably smashing the only re- – I mean, both my ends are pick them. So, I mean, I'm I'm taking the Chiefs. The And here's why I think it's the Chiefs, Caller. Tom Brady is up 3-2 to two against Patrick Mahomes. This game with Mahomes' win ties it. Gives us a storyline to go to the Super Bowl in case it happens. Then you've got another greatest quarterback of all time run between Mahomes and Brady. They let Mahomes win this one so Mahomes can get out over Tom Brady, and it helps him in the quest to become the next GOAT. Do you think this defense is good enough for uh, Tampa Bay to make a run? I do, and I also think the offense is going to get a lot better. Leonard Fournette's going to find the end zone. Julio's going to come back. Godwin's almost back. Uh, Mike Evans was suspended last week. People forget about that. So I'm, I'm confident. We were talking about the you know the, the best receiving quarters in the league. I mean, Julio Jones, Russell Gage, Brashad Perriman, um, Mike Evans. Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller. Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley. How the fuck was Cole Beasley not signed to anyone just because he didn't take the vaccine? Wasn't vaccinated. That Josh, that's so crazy. And the quote from Tom Brady was like, "I feel like I've been throwing to Tom to to Cole Beasley for twenty years because you fucking have been. You've had Cole Beasley on your team since you started <laughs> playing football. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's insane. That's but, everything that Tom Brady wants the guy to do. I mean, he's just a small white guy who catches everything. It's an, it blows my mind that guy was not on, on a team. Um, anyways, uh. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Chiefs here as well. Um, probably put their money line money line in a parlay. Uh, like you said, it is it is pretty much a pick. Them over under forty five. I'll take the over. All right, uh, I'm gonna hit the over. Uh, I'd like. Oh, it's a prime time game yeah. though, and all these prime time games are hitting the under. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, I'm not too not too confident about that. Uh, I'm taking the over. Breaking the, the streak. Who did we pick in the London game? Uh, who, the Minnesota and the Saints. Pick Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. And I, I credit this somewhere as well. This is an anti-primetime game, so really watch for Kirk Cousins to shine. Yeah, there's going to be less people watching this game than there would be a Thursday night game. Literally, I don't think anybody's going to be watching it. All right, no so one's going to be awake yet. 
All right, Monday night football. We're gonna go and break this down. Uh, yeah, we may as well. I figure we'll put out an episode reacting to this on Monday night. Uh, Rams at 49ers. I mean, the 49ers, of course, a heartbreaking injury to Trey Lance when he goes down in, uh, what was that, week one with that ankle injury. Uh, Jimmy G, you know, thankfully they, he uh, stepped in. But the, the weird storyline that I heard, Josh, was, you know, he didn't have a playbook all offseason because they didn't know, you know, they obviously didn't want to give him a playbook if he's going to go to a different team. Just gets the playbook as soon as he signs the contract. So of course he's still learning, still getting adapted to the to you know what should be already a pretty comfortable system that, that he stepped right back into. But you know they started a little rocky, one and two to start the season. Lost last week, uh, uh, just a very ugly game to Denver. The Rams they have looked good, uh, besides that week one loss to Buffalo. Who do you got here? Uh, there's actually a lot to unpack with this. Um, and a lot of it is that Jimmy G taking over the helm for the 49ers. Obviously, that's some of the biggest news. Matthew Stafford's also another thing to watch. The Rams have looked better and better as the year goes on. The backfield for the Rams is something to watch moving forward because Cam Akers seems like he's finally overtaking Darrell Henderson as the lead back in Los Angeles, which is going to be you know something really, very positive for them to look forward to. I think that the defense on both these teams are very good. Jeff Wilson's now taking over the backfield for the 49ers with Debo out there. Brandon Ayuk and Trey Lance and uh, Jimmy G have a very good connection. So Brandon Ayuk continues to get all those targets. I, I just, the Rams here have, I mean, they should win this game. I'm taking the Rams plus one and a half. I have no reason to doubt them against this 49ers team. I, I don't see why they're even the underdog here. I mean, I'm taking the money line. I'm taking the plus one and a half. Give me the Rams. I'm all over it. I completely agree with you. I'm, I'm pretty unsure. I'm pretty pretty confused as to why they're the underdog here. I mean, I get it is in in San Francisco, but it's not like the LA fans aren't going to travel well up to San Fran, um, especially you know coming off a Super Bowl win. Um, yeah, this doesn't make much sense. It smells like a rat line. Smells like a rat line. Seventy one percent of the consensus money is on this is on San Francisco minus one and a half. So interesting, interesting pick here. Uh, 40, yeah, I'm hammering the Rams. Forty three is over under. What do you got? I'm taking the over. I'll take the under at the 45 and the Chiefs Bucks, and I'll take the over on Monday Night Football. All right. Sounds good. All right, Kyler. One more thing. I want to do one one quick thing. It'll just be very quick. Give me – I know we'll do our BYB parlay, but this is separate. I just want two people. Give me two names that you believe will score a touchdown this week, anytime touchdown. Any team. It can be the best player. It can be someone that you is not well-named. I just need two people who you think are going to score touchdowns. Jalen Waddle. Okay. Justin Jefferson. Okay, Justin Jefferson burned me last week, so hopefully he's back on track. No, prom, anti-prom Tom Kirk, he's going to perform. He's going to throw a, a strike to Justin Jefferson in the end zone. And if you need a third, CD Lamb. Well, I hope you're right. Jalen Waddle, Justin Jefferson. All right, let's do the BYB parlay of the week. Are we doing two each? Mm-hmm. All right, you go ahead. All right, my first pick will be – give me the Baltimore Ravens plus three. Ravens plus three at the Bills. That one's going to be <laughs> – Josh is testing our parlay early. I love it. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll add 
the Broncos plus two and a half. I think the Raiders go at 0 and 4. <laughs> All right, give me. Had some juice there. Give me the Detroit Lions money line. Okay, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And we're going to close it out, the BYB parlay. I mean, with just the most obvious crazy line, this line, we need to get this bet in right now before this line switches. Arizona plus one and a half. Or even Arizona Arizona. money line, whichever odds are better. Okay, so we've got Detroit money line. We've got Arizona money line. That's minus 103 over minus 110. We've got the Ravens plus three. What was our other pick? The Broncos plus two and a half. That's plus nine ninety five. So for you people out there, you pay ten dollars, you win one hundred ten. Hey, you're welcome. Once again, the BYB, the BYB parlay locks of the week: Detroit Lions money line, Arizona Cardinals money line, Ravens plus three, Broncos plus two and a half. There we have it. Uh, so we've got that taken care of, um, but I am monitoring monitoring all of our bets for the season, so I'm keeping a good track of those. So we're going to have a, a big competition at the end of the year, a big big reveal to see who wins. There will be a punishment um, for the loser. And, of course, we do now have a tattoo bet on the line uh, with Let's Ride Broncos Nation. So um, Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Um, I mean, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Um, I've got all the confidence in the world now. Hmm. Even though I not a, picked against them, no, we picked no, plus no, two I and a half. I picked pick the breaker. I picked the Broncos. My bad, my bad. Yeah, plus two and a half. All right, man, this is a good episode. I had a lot of fun. This was really good. So we're monitoring and keeping tallies of our locks of the week. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. The locks. Okay. All right, I love it. I'm in. All right, man, this is good. Back talking football, back on the podcast, letting the people know how to make their bets. Guys, once again, I, you know, this betting strategy is everywhere across podcasts right now. But right now, through three weeks, if you were to bet the money line underdog in every game, one unit, you're up six and a half units, even though your record is 20 and 25. So you have a losing record, but you're winning on units. So it doesn't matter that you always, you know, have to put the money on the favorite. These underdog picks Last year, if you would have put one unit down to your unit was $100, if you bet $100 on every underdog money line for the season, you won like, you were up like $2,500 at the end of the season. So it's easy return on investment. Take care of those mon- those underdogs. Tyler, what's the saying? Hungry dogs run faster. Always. There it is. That's all you need to know. Hungry dogs run faster. Go check out the BYB Parlay. Go check out the social medias. I'm at jkeatno. Kyler's at Kyler012. The podcast on everywhere is Burst Your Bubble. Twitter, it's at SportsBYBP. Thank you guys so much for listening. Kyler, thanks for making this such a great episode. Always, buddy. And this this was a blast. Uh, we're going to be back, like you said, on Monday, recapping Monday Night Football. Cole's going to be there. Maybe even Shane's going to be there. We're going to have a blast. Uh, we've got a lot planned for the rest of the season. Can't wait to share it with you guys.